everyone, and welcome to Too Many Cooks, a podcast where we explore recipes written by your favorite chefs and try them out in our own home kitchens. It's like a book club, but for recipes. In today's episode, we discuss the wonderful Jose Andres and his recipes for Cuban coffee churrasco, manchego mashed potatoes, and classic red sangria. Yes, we're talking about three recipes today. Join us for a conversation about the floofiest, creamiest, garlickiest mashed taters and why you shouldn't aspirate manchego cheese. And surprise, surprise, we get into another debate, but this time it's about seltzer versus soda water. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on these recipes and where you stand on bubbly Watergate. So stick around and join us for three recipes by Jose Andres. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, you're, okay with an voice and, fa- and face and, and, and the way you said it actually makes me believe it's, it's maybe different than what you said. So. No, I'm just in like a total shiitake mood. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't like, uh, you know, global pandemic. Halloween was weird. We celebrated my birthday yesterday at a at a park outside. It was lovely, but still like... I don't know. It was just weird. I feel gaslit by the entire city of Buenos Aires. It's just like <laughs> pretending that nothing's going on. Oh, you know what I need to say? I am so... Okay, one thing that is like so beautiful and so happy and like I'm just being a brat right now, <laughs> but I have to... We have to welcome new friends into the kitchen. We've Ooh. got we've got people... We've got wonderful audience members from Belgium Worldwide. and Ireland and Italy and Egypt <laughs> and the Argentina ones make sense to me, but those are like bonkers. We've got Serbia, but the, like B- Belgium, like I don't know. Yeah. So what I'm I'm hoping that people um, just say hi. Come send us an email on our on our um, our Gmail is too many cooks pod at gmail dot com. T-W-O, many cooks pod at gmail.com. You know, it just makes me so happy to see how worldwide our our audience is. It just tickles me. I'm just really happy about that. That makes up for the the crappy like, yeah, world yeah. status. Yeah, no, right it's, now. it's amazing. And, um, you know, definitely uh, reinforces my strong desire to go visit Belgium because obviously it's a, yes. a, a wonderful country. It's a great food country, too. Uh, and I mean, they have great taste in podcasts, apparently. Yeah, so. clearly. So can't beat it there. <laughs> and I was trying to come up with like, I was like, I should learn how to say thank you in Dutch. But I also think they speak like Flemish because, you know, word doctor. So it's Yeah, doctor. yeah. Well, may- and maybe, maybe we can honor them with a like a muscles and beer episode <gasps> because and, you know, and obviously yes. chocolate at the end. So because yes, it is, I mean, it is a good, yeah, it is good food uh, there. Well, yeah, actually, that's a good point, because I was talking to some some listeners from New Zealand, and they wanted us to do a pavlova, and so I think that that would be really fun, too. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's what I'll say, is if you have any, if you have any, like, recipe requests, just send us an email with a link to the recipe, or or share a, a, a food, you know, like a food that you want us to tackle, and we can go exploring, too, because I just, I would love to make it a little bit more, get out of the U.S. a little bit. Yeah, fun. well, and one of my favorite kind of uh, phenomena is that um, every <laughs> every uh, culture basically has their own version of uh, like a dumpling, you know, and and oh. I mean whether it's you know empanadas or pierogi or ravioli or you know dumplings, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Like, a- everybody pretty much has kind of some sort of take on it. And I always think that's really neat and could be a fun thing to dive into and compare, you know, a few different places from around the world and, and what their version is like and how it's prepared and what goes into it and all that. Well, you're basically bl- you're basically stealing my restaurant idea, the stuffed restaurant, S-T-U-F-T, <laughs> the restaurant I'm definitely opening, T-M, T-M, T-M. <laughs> exactly. Um, is, no, I wanted to, I was like, well, I love making things that are stuffed. So <laughs> like yes. empanadas, dumplings, <laughs> we've, we've done the bow. Um, oh, just again, to like, to like mark this this episode in the in the like worldwide timeline but um the le- latest episode of great british bake-off was japanese week but they did bow and i was just like <laughs> screaming at the tv like that's not ja-. i'm yeah. so furious and they were using they're using steamed bun or steamed um bamboo steamers which are also not japanese yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like furious furious so i mean the whitewashing yeah why are you going to spend the time doing the research ahead of time like just you know just assign it to any asian uh, country and just dive right in great british absolutely and there were also some like major egregious racist things like somebody was saying that they were doing like a chicken katsu dumpling and one of the hosts like the comedic hosts was like oh cat poo like come on like, that's that's offensive because it's also really a lazy joke and is not funny. So <laughs> it's I mean it's it's racist, which is also offensive. But the the comedy part of it is what really yeah. kills me the most. So yeah. So Great British Bake Off was a little bit on uh, <laughs> contributed to my to my shit list this yeah. weekend. Well, great. Well, this will be a fun episode because <laughs> no, I mean clearly I'm in a better. Mood. I'm in a better... <laughs> well, let's I mean... okay. Let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about. <laughs> What well, what was the best thing that you ate this week? Um, actually, I think the best thing I ate were the cupcakes I made for my birthday. Um, I made lemon sponge with um, buttermilk to get that little like dairy mm-hmm. tang. Um, homemade buttermilk, so milk and lemon. And I, then I like hollowed out the inside and I put lemon curd in it oh, just wow. to be extra, extra, extra. Yeah, yeah. And I made a blueberry buttercream. But um, wow. I don't want to. I don't want to spark the debate again. But it was so. My buttercream was like so savory because I have salted butter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again, I I'm not get it sweet enough. <laughs> um, and apparently, I, I I I owe butter churners an apology for just lashing out at them more than anybody. But uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I I'm not against using unsalted butter you just unfortunately don't have access to unsalted yeah, butter yeah so. your your issue is with the mod the modifier of oh, exactly the yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's bad we should dive into that again opinion. so <laughs> <laughs> okay let's not what did you eat this week that was the best um so it's actually something that i uh i predicted uh <laughs> i wanted to try when we were talking about colette's uh you know you and i were talking about other uses for it and i mentioned that i wanted to try uh, a, a ricotta and um, sweet potato and thyme and uh, caramelized onion galette. Uh, mm. And so I did that. I basically blended up um, just by hand, just the ricotta and the thyme and just a little bit of salt. And so that was my base on top of the, the galette dough recipe that we've been using. Obviously, oh, I very smartly. No, no, I didn't. I didn't touch it because I wanted to just try this first. And then uh, obviously, I very smartly used the galette pan because that's what brings it all together. And so I spread that out. Um, I spread the ricotta mixture out uh, all across. And then what I I, caramel, I had been caramelizing some onions in advance. And so I kind of put those all around. And what I do for the sweet potatoes uh, is I use a vegetable peeler to kind of just shave 
thin slices, you know, and I, so then that was what was layered all across the top and then just drizzle a little olive oil on top of it. Uh, came out really, really fantastic. We all loved it. We finished the entire thing and, and that was Did dinner. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I mean, it's, it's not very so big. Good. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, totally it is, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great combination of flavors. And the only thing is that because the, the sweet potato is so thin, it does start to, you know, caramelize and brown itself a little bit. And so uh, it's, it's a little bit of a tightrope in terms of making sure that the dough is, is cooked properly and that the sweet potato, you know, isn't overcooked. And so yeah. next time I make it, I may try and experiment a little bit with um, pre-baking the dough just uh, a little bit, possibly with oh, ricotta, and then, you know, yeah. throw the sweet potatoes on or just use more sweet potatoes. And so, um, you know. Or thicker. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, keep on experimenting. But it, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad to hear it. That sounds so good. I can't wait to make the galette again. I actually saw a recipe for a deep dish apple galette in a springform pan. <laughs> and I was like, it was Alison Roman, um, her Thanksgiving uh, recipe for apple pie last last year. And she uses she makes a deep dish apple galette. Jeez. And so just an apple pie. That the, I mean, that's an apple pie. Well, but she doesn't she doesn't have it have a top. It doesn't have like a lot of stuff. No, it's just like an apple pie, but it's in a springform pan. So you can basically like un- unfold it. And, mm. um, it's just a very tall galette. Um, beautiful. Bye. But yeah, springform pan. And I was like, oh, damn it. Like I just like <laughs> cursed cursed your name. I was like, Dave. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, we've got three recipes to talk about. So let's get started. Yes, um I really want to just briefly talk about Jose Andres because you love him too. Um, we could talk for hours about how yeah. cool H- Jose Andres is, but really quickly. Um, so he's Spanish American. He's from Spain. Um, he owns a bunch of restaurants in DC, all over the US. And um, he is, he, his story is really cool because he enrolled in culinary school in Barcelona at 15 and then. Um, when he needed to complete his military service, um, he was assigned to cook for an admiral. So he has been cooking since he was 15. Mm. Um, he moved to the U.S. in 1990. And then in 93, he was hired to lead the kitchen at Haleo in D.C. And so he is actually, people say that he is one of the more instrumental figures in bringing the tapa style eating oh, yeah. to to the U.S. Yeah, um, I say that. Because... Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, because he popularized that like small plates kind of kind of eating um, for the U.S. in the 90s. And it was funny because I didn't necessarily realize that. I mean, of course, like, of course, we didn't have tapa style eating in the 80s and 90s. You know, like, of course, we didn't. We're Americans. Give us a a food until we burst. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) No one's small plates. um, I have only I've only been to Haleo once, um, oh, wow. and it was on a terrible first date, and so I was like, <laughs> "Boo!" <laughs> yeah. You, but the other thing that the reason you wanted to to bring him up is he's just an incredible humanitarian too. I mean, he yeah. has the World Central Kitchen, um, which is a NGO basically providing meals to people in the wake of natural disasters, so after hurricanes and um, uh, hate the earthquake in Haiti. Yeah, he's providing food for poll workers, and yeah, um, yeah. I mean, when you said that we could talk about him all day, we we definitively could, and we probably could do it without even talking about his food. I mean, he, he yeah. does a massive amount of humanitarian work, and it's incredible and inspirational. So, um, and on it's top incredible. of it, yeah, I mean, I really I've been to a bunch of his restaurants. 
Uh, I, I really enjoy them. Um, I feel like the tapas movement in the U.S. has maybe gone a little bit overboard. And so um, <laughs> yeah. so maybe we blame him for that, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just he, he has introduced a lot of, of flavors and, and um, uh, you know, culinary options, I think, that people weren't necessarily exposed to. And especially since he did it kind of early on. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's been great. And so I'm excited to talk about these recipes. We we were nervous, you and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you and I were very fired up about the initial recipe. And then something happened where day of, <laughs> our, I mean, our, our, you know, mutual anxiety, I think, took over. And just, we were just <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not sure this is going to work. This is not going to work. I don't think it's going to work. This and, isn't going to work. And, this sucks. This and sucks. So, <laughs> and, and we were, we cooked uh kind of quote unquote side by side just yeah. you know <laughs> thousands of miles apart or whatever it is um <laughs> you know, in the world. I, I don't know geography and so uh we and then we ate together which was really neat because yeah. we we had a chance to to actually um really talk about it and so we haven't done that before um for for this show and so we did it for our other shows but not this one um yeah. and so <laughs> so that was great but i also feel like the experience of messaging each other back and forth uh, in a, a bit of a panic, like mid cooking, basically mid saying cooking. like, this is, there's no way this is going to work. And, and on paper really, um, you know, it, it's, it's a weird idea, right? We're using coffee, um, as the primary part of a dry rub and yeah. it's a lot of coffee. And so we'll yeah. be di- diving into that a little bit. Yeah. So let's dive into the, the recipe we have. Um, his, his website is incredible because he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recipes on here so i think it's super accessible and really lovely that he does that um and so this is a 2013 recipe for cuban coffee churrasco from the bazaar restaurant in um the south beach is that miami yeah yeah, most people call it just south beach but yeah the south beach i think also is appropriate (laughs) in (laughs) in the the south South Beach. beach The South Beach. So um, the layout of the, um, so the steak, the, the rub, um, combine um, brown sugar, salt, six tablespoons of ground coffee, two tablespoons of freshly ground black pepper, teaspoon of cori- ground coriander, um, two teaspoons of garlic powder, two spe- teaspoons of onion powder, and four four-ounce skirt steaks. But yeah, the rub, um, you, you let it sit on the steak for an hour and a half. Um, I don't know how much, did you have a lot of dry rub left over? Cause I, I had like, Oh yeah. And I had an insane yeah. amount. I mean, cause so it's, it's one pound of meat, right? So four, four ounce yeah. sticks. So, um, if, if you visualize this, if you haven't made the, made the recipe, that's not a massive amount of surface area, you know? And so <laughs> there is a lot of rub, uh, left over. Uh, we, I definitely have some thoughts about about what could be kind of changed with with the rub because we'll we'll talk a little bit about um you know what we actually thought but i had a, a lot left over but i also feel like there's there's kind of a trap here which is the type of coffee that you use so oh. i i think that you know I, i'm not a coffee snob per se but i think it's really really easy <laughs> but i'm colombian and so i have and, and also i'm dave and so i have hard opinions about everything <laughs> um opinions? No. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me voice them. And so uh, it's <laughs> if you use a, you know, kind of subpar coffee, uh, I, I think that, you know, it's going to obviously taint um, 
the, the end product. If you use a dark roast, I think that you're going to end up having too much of that bitter. And I, I enjoy dark roast coffee, but I, I think right. for this, you, you want something either light or, or medium. And so I, I opted for a medium roast uh, from Columbia um, that I just, I wanted to make, make, make sure that I didn't overpower the, the flavor of the beef. And so um, I think it, you just have to really make sure that you pay attention to what you're using for the coffee base because, and obviously <laughs> don't yeah. use French vanilla. Don't you, don't use anything. Don't that, use pumpkin that, spice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cause, cause that will go south pretty quickly. So. Yeah, no, I, my coffee was, is medium, medium dark. Um, but it has like a lot of chocolate notes. I was really excited about that. Like it's a very like chocolatey, chocolatey coffee, um, here from here. Um, and so I, I was really excited about this conceptually. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to mention, um, was so we have kind of like a random ingredient alert there's passion fruit sauce um that again isn't necessarily like the main event for the steak but it it is more of like a uh garnish or like um like the way that they say to plate he says to plate it is to kind of like swipe it across the plate mm. as if you can visualize just like one of those like fancy swooshes oh, i don't know oh, what's the word oh, drizzle a little drizzle. A little drizzle. Yeah. A little drizzle. But it's passion fruit. So I was so excited. I'm like, oh, Latin America, passion fruit. I've got that. <laughs> but, you know, couldn't find it. So I actually ended up getting passion fruit. Um, passion fruit. But um, but did you? Well, that's the thing. Oh, my it? God. Were you on the phone with me when I realized this? So yeah, I wait. looked. At, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you were there. So I got it. Um in a grocery delivery, I looked at the, um, it was like a, what is the word? Concentrate. Oh my God. Jeez, Louise. Um, I looked at the ingredients and the first ingredients was pears. Yeah. It was a pear concentrate with passion fruit flavor. Pre- pretending to be passion fruit. Yeah. Just like, I was so pissed, but yeah. it tastes, I tasted it. It's delicious. I mean, of course it's delicious. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a yummy passion fruit pear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> concentrate I mean, but it didn't have the pips in it like the little like um seedy mm-hmm. pip things um but that's that was fine it but it was it was delicious but again one of those things where it's like random ingredient but not entirely necessary so you didn't yeah you get passion fruit either right? yeah. <laughs> i could not and so so passion fruit is is amazing um around here uh i, I searched kind of high and low this was a, a rare time i talked about you know typically avoiding going to multiple places but for yeah. for this series, I, I I did a lot of that um, uh, for the sangria as well as um, for the jamber berries and, and the passion fruit. And so, the best alternate solution that I can come up with was switching out passion fruit for guava. So yeah. it's it's similar um, in in flavor, close you know family, I guess you, you could say, yeah, and that you get that sweet, tropical fruit bitter, type, yeah, tropical, yeah. And so, yeah, so. I went with guava. Unfortunately, you know, guava is not really in season right now. Um, and, and so the, the end results, it was a lot of effort, both in terms of finding or searching for passion fruit, failing, finding guava, uh, trying that instead. And the sauce was, was fine. It wasn't bad. I, I feel like I could definitely see this being actually really great with the, with the passion fruit sauce. Um, it did add ha- that a little bit of acidity and, and, you know, that was really nice, but it, in the end, uh, you know, especially because I spent so much time and effort kind of trying to make it work. 
Uh, it was right. it was disappointing when it when it really didn't. So we talked. Oh, there's a coffee reduction where you take a cup of brewed coffee and a teaspoon of sugar and really reduce it by half. I reduced it so much. Um, it was fine. It would have taken me a week to reduce that by half. I swear, (laughs) I end up having hot coffee just as a sauce. That never reduced for me. I don't know what is happening in my world where I cannot get sauces to reduce because this has happened to me before. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it was fine. It was again, it was was sweet coffee. I mean, yeah, I, I mean. He, I mean, it cooks other stuff, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, <laughs> everything I'm eating is raw. It's just for some reason, sauces just don't yeah. reduce. And so, uh, so yeah, so I spent a lot of time cause you're supposed to cook it. I think, uh, I think it was only like 10 minutes or so. Um, mm-hmm. my, mine was cooking for much longer than that. And still just, I feel like did not really reduce at all. And so yeah. I ended up having what was essentially overly sweet coffee. Um, you know, that type of consistency, uh, just as a, as a side and so that i you i mean i tried it obviously but uh it didn't it didn't add anything yeah. I would say. so you used a cast iron right to to heat your steak to cook I, your steaks yeah so the recipe itself calls for for grilling them um you and you and i we don't really have access to to grills and so um right. and so i we i think both did the cast iron skillet for it and so that i think worked really well um, mm-hmm. this would probably be, be very nice uh, on a grill, but, uh, you know, the only, only challenge here is because you have a higher amount of, um, the rub being on the skillet, Right. It, you know, it's, it's going to kind of char a little bit. And, and so you have to just watch that. And, you know, whereas it with a grill, obviously the, the separation, uh, from the, from the coals will kind of solve that problem for you. Right. And the surface area is going to allow for maybe the, maybe the coffee reduction to, or the coffee rub to get to fall. Yeah. Because I was left with, I have like a cast iron, like plancha thing that I put over my two burners and it, it was the same issue. Like it was delicious, but I think so much of the, of the coffee rub like fell off, um, or maybe burned or, you know, something. Yeah. Um, but we are, our end result, we still had a lot of, <laughs> of coffee rub so on our, nice. on our steaks. Yeah. That's true. So I also think that like, so the, the recommendation is to serve is that you place a steak on each plate and divide oh there's uh, sorry we forgot to talk about small six small spring onions (laughs) um i did i did do that it was actually delicious i i really enjoyed that the spring onions um it was just kind of a nice you know completely unnecessary Mm -hmm. so um uh place a steak on each plate gently gently drizzle a few drops of the coffee reduction over the onions and spoon warm passion fruit sauce around the plate season with a little sea salt and a sprig of tarragon couldn't find tarragon didn't care so this is <laughs> <laughs> this is like talking about like approachability i was like oh my god um so and mind you I, just the, that sea salt yeah. that sea salt tip with <laughs> with this with the dry rub as written I, no don't it would be way too much salt so um, salty just yeah it i mean i i can't even imagine i i think i just overlooked that that part of the recipe and so i, I didn't realize it until you said it just now but uh, I cannot imagine having purposely added more salt to this uh, well, before he means eating. Like, so. He means like Malden's flaky salt, like that big yeah, yeah, salt. Yeah, yeah. Anything. From... <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I did that. But so I have to talk about like I – you watched me and Ben eat this and we <laughs> – this is so heartbreaking. And again, I'm not – I promise I'm not like a complete Debbie Downer for this entire episode. <laughs> but <laughs> – 
It was actually, we could not eat it. It was inedible. inedible. It was inedible. For a specific reason that actually doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the recipe. Right, exactly. We got the, we got kind of, we got probably the wrong cut of meat and a very low quality meat. And so it was like sinewy and fatty and so tough. And so Ben actually took it and, and sliced it super thin, like kind of like a top, like you would get at a tapas restaurant. And, um, it was, it was still just like, so it was so, so, so tough. We couldn't, we just couldn't eat it. Um, And it was really disappointing because Argentina is known for like it's incredible steaks, right? And so yeah. I think I just like my when I got the cut of meat from my butcher, I just got like the shitty cut of meat, and I, I was super disappointed. Um, but is it possible you know, that your butcher listened to the episode and all your shit talking <gasps> about the nipple bacon and everything, and was just like, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to show her. Damn it! You, yeah, actually, that's I a mean, really good point. We do have a lot of listeners. We do have a lot of listeners in Argentina. In Argentina. Least, more, yeah. more than. I know, like more than people I know. So I'm like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the butcher. He's it's just like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the parts that I could eat, I could eat the rub, and I was like, mm, I'm not yeah. sure that it's. It's also, it was just like super bitter. I think the bitterness and the saltiness. I think just like in general, the coffee and the salt kind of overpowered, and yeah. the bitterness of the of the seared rub made it unpalatable for me yeah um, and then we we also we commented um at the time about because of all the rub and and you know it's it's essentially kind of wet coffee at that point right coffee grounds <laughs> and so it's it's very muddy kind of looking it's not the most attractive uh and appealing looking thing at, at that stage but um i so when i i made it and then you know started took the first bite and and then you know reacted and then I realized if I scraped the rub off, like not all of it, but kind of just the the, the large amount that was still left, um, I was left with a delicious product. I mean, you okay. know, the so the eating it kind of as is, um, you know, when when it was plated, it it was too salty. It was it was you know just kind of too much of that coffee. Um, the the coffee uh, portion itself too, you know, coffee grounds are, are gritty. They're they're not. It's not the most appealing thing that. Right you know, you kind of want to have. And so, um, but once I removed that and once I just had, um, you know, just a little bit on it with, with the steak, it, it was quite good. I mean, I've had better dry rubs, you know, and, and, and better, you know, steaks, but, um, I, I, I don't want people to think that I didn't enjoy the final product. It's just that, you know, the recipe as is, you know, wouldn't do it again, but I feel like right. you know, this could be tailored a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, and you would get something that's, that's pretty great. You know, it's. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think that there's like a lot of recommendations for ad- adapting it to. So for like, first and foremost, I just wouldn't put so much rub on, or yeah. I would literally like, I would, you know, maybe dry, dry brine it for that hour and a half, but then just take it off. Take it off and then cook lot. it. Yeah. That, that's what I would recommend is, you know, and you can also, I think, reduce the salt um, yeah. and, and coffee probably in the rub. Yeah, I mean, you probably cut you could probably cut the entire recipe in half in or half. even a third yeah. or so. Um, and you'd, you'd have more than enough. But I think if the rub is not on the final product, the st- salt and coffee level might be okay. But yeah. you know, with with it on, uh, it, it's just it's way too much, and and it, it was too salty, kind of as is. Um, but you know, when kind of stripped off. 
I think it was it was right where you want it to be. May, you know, maybe a little bit less salty um, if you're depending on your preference, yeah. but. I also think the thing with the grill is key. Like the fact that like you and I were both using cast iron flat surface. Like I think having a, you know, that like less surface area might be, might help with the, like the charring of the coffee and the, you know, caramelization of the sugar is that's good. You want to keep that, but you know, so there's, so recommendations I guess would be, yeah, less rub when you're actually cooking it and maybe, maybe try the grill, but if not just make, be very careful um to not have the coffee burn and less salt like you said i th- you know reduce the proportions mm-hmm. um a little bit yeah i also don't think the coffee sauce is necessary and yeah um and passion the passion fruit. fruit sauce if you can get it i i feel like you know probably could be pretty great but don't it was don't delicious <laughs> yeah exactly it was delicious i i'm sorry i i completely forgot to upload the chimichurri recipe um but chimichurri like another acidic sauce would be really good like a chimichurri so um let's talk about stuff we did like though can we talk about the mashed potatoes oh my god yeah i loved (laughs) these mashed potatoes these are like this is my ideal way of making mashed potatoes i loved it loved it loved it loved it we'll do this again 100 percent. so the thing that you have to be i have to just say be very 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 careful when you open this recipe because it says it serves 12 (laughs) (laughs) so make sure because i i do this sometimes where i just like start making i start peeling and yeah or you buy everything and then you (laughs) you realize like why do i have so many goddamn potatoes shit i have so many why do i have six pounds of potatoes so it serves 12. I did it. I cut it in third. I, I thirded it. Yeah. I did half. And so, I mean, serving six <laughs> is three people. Was, yeah. So I was like, oh, we'll, we'll get two meals out of it. I mean, it was, it was so much, but I, I was so happy because. Not, not mad at it. <laughs> I also, I can, I just have to say, I love making garlic this way. So you take two heads of garlic. I'm just going to read it as is. So again, just in listeners in your brain. Divide it in half or, or a third. Um, so preheat your oven to 350. Place two heads of garlic on a large sheet of heavy-duty aluminum foil. Drizzle with one tablespoon of olive oil and wrap in the foil. I sprinkled it a little salt and pepper on it. Oops. <laughs> Bake for an hour until the garlic is very soft. And then squeeze the soft cloves from the skin into a small bowl and mash with a fork. So this is how I make my focaccia. When I when I top my focaccia with roasted garlic, this is exactly what I do. Mm, yeah. And I have to say, I, I'm like, I, I find it so satisfying to like flip the garlic, like after it's roasted and just to like smush the garlic out. Yeah. Oh, it is so Ro- satisfying. Roasted garlic is just the, a beautiful thing. And it's, it's, so good. it's just, yeah, you could honestly just kind of eat it on its own. It's so. Oh my God. I mean, so I do. Good. I like, I, that's theory, like theoretically what I do with my focaccia. It's just I'm like <laughs> eating, it's like a vessel for roasted garlic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would recommend having this kind of be in your repertoire because it's one of those passive, passive cooking things that is just, has such a huge payoff. Um, so I, so you're supposed to mash it, mash it in, with a fork. Um, I had a really hard time with like actually like separating the, the sinewy, like, like, <laughs> like the tissue of the, of the garlic. So I had like clumps of it in my mashed potatoes, but wasn't mad at it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's not the worst thing to come across when you're eating it. And so, and since the manchego, uh, you know, you're about to so, say it, you know, it will until it melts, but manchego apparently doesn't melt. It, I mean, I, I, I mine did, pretty. I had a I had a microplane, so I I used like a, ze- a zester, like I yeah. used like a super small. So I it worked for me because it was already like it basically aspirated, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. not. That's not the word. It was already like um, what's the word? I didn't choke on it. What's the word for <laughs> <I> like? <laughs> I'm just gonna let you struggle um, for a while. So no, stop! Help me! 
wildly. I'm gesturing wildly. I'm gesturing wildly. <laughs> What's the word for like when it becomes aerated? Whatever. All right. Thanks. Thanks, friend. <laughs> um. So Manchego does melt if you if you just like <laughs> if, dissolve if you ask, it. If you aspirate it. If you freaking <laughs> <it. laughs> Um, I'm a word doctor. Uh, okay, I'm a word doctor. Um, so you know, boil potato, peel, and chop your potatoes into two-inch chunks. This is really super easy. Okay, salt it's, your water and boil over so easy. Meat, moderately high heat, twenty minutes ish until your potatoes are tender. Drain and return to the pot. Shake the pot over moderately high heat for one minute to dry the potatoes. I had never done that before. That's pretty oh, interesting. smart. Yeah, so I, yeah. I've seen this uh, a number of times, and it is a really, really smart, like, <laughs> extra few seconds step that you can take to make your uh, potato, mashed potatoes, like, super fluffy and, and beautiful. And so um, beautiful. just throw them back in the pan, you know, shake it up. I mean, uh, the pot's probably going to be hot enough, and so you, you still have some residual heat. But you're just trying to, you know, get any extra little bit of moisture out um, before you start adding then kind of moisture back in, which is all the fat that you're going to be starting. Yeah. Oh, wait. So the fat is um, heavy cream. cream. (laughs) Um, You actually had... Okay, so basically you incorporate half of the hot cream. You you heat your cream on a... um, in like a small saucepan. You add half of it to the potatoes, add the remaining cream, and keep mashing. Stir in the manchego to melt, then stir in the mashed garlic, and then slowly add three tablespoons of fancy nice olive oil you don't want to use crappy olive oil here because it is a very prominent flavor profile um and then season with salt transfer to a serving bowl drizzle with a little more olive oil to serve it is chef's kiss yeah so damn good on the fancy olive oil note i mean olive oil can be expensive and i do recommend if you can have if have two different types of olive oil on hand yeah um, you know, whenever you're going to have, uh, something like this, where you need really a, a fancier olive oil, or if you make a nice focaccia, let's say, and you want to dip it into, you know, a little bit of olive oil, use the nicer olive oil for stuff like that. When it really is going to be kind of, you know, front forward in, in what you're eating. If you're just kind of sauteing vegetables or whatever, you can use the regular olive oil, your day-to-day stuff. But I often will have kind of a, a nicer one for stuff just like this. Yeah. And absolutely. And it's not like wine. It doesn't get better with age. You have to check the expiration date of your <laughs> of your olive oil. So it's always recommended to have a dark bottle, usually green and glass, because um, the plastic will kind of taint the taste of it. Yeah, in Italy, uh, oh, there's just some really nice ones, and they it's in like that metal can kind of. Uh, it almost looks like a yeah. like a smaller can of like turpentine type. Uh, Structure, no, but... that's that's what I have here. It's <laughs> yeah, huge. It's so... like a, that's, I'm gonna miss that so much here. The olive oil here is exceptional, and it is so cheap. It's just like yeah, just please yeah, load up your so your suitcase with that. For I me. know. <laughs> okay, let's talk about getting turned on some sangria. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, so we didn't actually get turned. We did. No, Wait. <laughs> it's because when you when you do the math for how much. <laughs> how much alcohol is, is in there and how, you know, versus oh, what you're, what you're actually drinking. Um, it's really not that much cause you're using just <laughs> like an ounce of brandy. Um, you know, and I have many thoughts about the whole brandy situation because in the recipe, oh, yeah. it says sherry brandy. Right. And even gives <laughs> a, a specific, uh, <laughs> like a, a specific, uh, you know, 
product that you could you can get. Now, the reason it says sherry brandy is because it's not asking you for sherry wine. Um, no. It's, right. It's, it's specifically a brandy that's been aged, preferably, in, in sherry barrels. Um, mm-hmm. So really, it should just say brandy. And then, oh, <laughs> by the way, oh, yeah, there's a story here. And so I went to the liquor store because in, in Virginia, you have to buy a liquor and, and uh, uh, kind of a different place. And so I went to the store to get um, uh, the gin, you know, because we needed that for the recipe. And then yeah, um, <laughs> the brandy. And so I'm in the brandy section looking all around. I see nothing that says sherry brandy. Um, I, I'm i just like, do you have sherry brandy? And, and she said no. And so. Uh, there's a, a wine store that's separate. So I went there, you know, and looking in their sherry section because they don't sell liquor there. So now I'm, now I'm basically looking, all right, well, maybe there's maybe there's a wine that's just called sherry brandy. And that's just what it is. Um, I found uh, I found the sherry uh, from the the place that Jose Andres recommends. And so, what? Uh, yeah. So basically, I have essentially the, the sherry. And but now I need a brandy to kind <gasps> of pour this pour the sherry oh. into like a barrel let the barrel get all sherry and then dump it out and then pour the brandy in and then oh. and that and i needed an ounce of that so then i had to go back to the liquor store to get a, a an airplane bottle of brandy because at that point i was just like i just want what for the recipe and that that's it so i now have a bottle of sherry that i guess i'll be enjoying at some point um yeah i maybe the woman at the wine store also was just like oh i love that you're a sherry fan i'm like i am not this is for a recipe and i'm out <laughs> and so, is this for my podcast <laughs> yeah, this is what i am married leave me alone uh <laughs> So, so I don't think she's listening, but, um, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's not that much uh, alcohol overall. Like, and then you're using, you know, a bottle of wine. Right. What kind of wine did you end up using? Oh, we ended up using a, like a crappy Malbec, um, not crappy because it's here, yeah, but it was like good. not, not fancy. Um, a fancy, I honestly, unremarkable Malbec. Yeah. Um, but I, Hey, guess what? I'm moving in a month. I'm not going to buy a bottle of fucking sherry. Yeah. Brandy. yeah. <laughs> so I used rum. I just used like a oh, nice wow. dark rum. And um, the gin we used is a local Argentine gin um, that's made out of like um, mate, the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. So that was incredible. Um, and that was really yummy. But okay, let's talk about random ingredient alert. You yeah. need to make a, like you ha- have a simple syrup, which is um, equal parts uh, water and sugar, you reduce down. Um, that's pretty, that's Stan- standard standard for cocktails. And yeah, you should, I mean, yeah. whenever I make it, I typically make extra and just kind of keep it in the fridge and use it for other, exactly. other drinks and stuff. And so the sangria syrup, which is separate from that is, um, makes a quart. And so it says like, make, this makes enough for a few batches, but it can be used for many types of sangria. And as, um, one of our listeners actually noted, um, for other cocktails. So that's kind of fun. So it's three cups of orange juice, uh, three quarters of a cup of lemon juice, three and a half ounces of sugar, whatever. One bay leaf, okay. Five juniper <laughs> berries, okay. Yeah. Ten mm-hmm. black peppercorns, one cinnamon stick, two cloves, one bunch of fresh mint, destemmed and zest from an orange and a lemon. So this is like welcome to one the most aromatic thing I've probably ever yeah. made, and it was it smelled <laughs> delicious. And two, one of the most unnecessary purchases, and I'm so of juniper berries, and I'm so glad that it only cost it literally cost me one. It was sixty pesos, which is like fifty oh, cents. Yeah, so yeah, juniper berries so, here uh, are like ten dollars for um, a small bottle, good. and they, I mean, it literally grows on trees, right? And the right right time of year, you could just pluck them off the trees. Um, and <laughs> because then dry them. yeah, 
because you and I spoke about it ahead of time, um, I did not get the juniper berries because I, I basically, once again, I went to multiple places trying to find it. Uh, I finally came across it. Um, I like looked at the bottle and was just like, I'm not, I have so many, I've purchased so many spices in the past that just are one off one recipe use things. And I never use them again. And I knew I was never going to use juniper berries again, unless I was making more sangria. Um, and since it's basically adding gin flavor, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I could just use? I could just use more gin. More gin. Gin's delicious. <laughs> just add more gin. And plus, we were also complaining about how little alcohol there is in the entire thing. And so, oh, come on. It's like <laughs> half a bottle of wine and two shots of something yeah. for what, four people? No yeah. way. <laughs> if, if you're hungover after this, it's not because of the alcohol, it's because of the damn the sugar. sugar. <laughs> and there's so much sugar in this. Oh, my like, God. Like between the fruit Seven. and. Yeah. I love, I actually, we still have the, um, the syrup, the sangria syrup from all these these different ingredients like i love so you didn't it. make more sangria you haven't been making sangria over and over again no no um because i didn't i 100 percent yeah because we we really enjoyed it and it felt like such a nice treat you know because it is i mean it's, it's, it's very it's like summery you know it feels very mm-hmm. you know refreshing and everything and so uh you know we had it and and my wife was just like i think maybe the next day or two days later uh it's like hey you know is there any more sangria? I was like, no, but I can make it. I have the I have the bases so right easy. here, and so, um, so yeah, so That's I did. True. It was yeah, we we really enjoyed it, it. Ben said that it tasted like a um, summery mulled wine because it has yeah. all those like flavors of mulled wine: the mm-hmm. orange and the clove, cinnamon, and the cinnamon, and, and the bay, and the juniper apparently but the sangria itself is really just refreshing and light. And so you add like a ton of mint. You add a you know a splash of. You had, we had like berries, you guys used raspberries as a garnish. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really was the best antidote. The mashed potatoes and the sangria were the best antidote to my like, my, my steak sadness that I was just like, okay, this totally made the, the exercise really worth the whole, yeah, yeah the whole exercise. Yeah, it, it was, it was the life hole. Now it's, it's effervescent. And why is it effervescent? Oh, David. Okay. So. <laughs> So, all right. So it does, you do include, you do the wine, you do the sangria syrup and you add soda water in the ingredients and then seltzer in the directions. Right. So So soda water. So when you, if you're going food shopping and you just are looking at the ingredients and you look, all you saw was soda water uh, and you realize that soda water does not (sighs) exist. I mean, sure. It's, it's the thing that if you if you're at a restaurant or bar, you know, you hit the soda water button because that's that is something that's basically combining with the syrup to make um, the actual sodas from the from the hose. You, so but so we don't have it's, it's not a thing. So if you're in the sparkling bubbly drink aisle uh, and you're looking around for is it club soda? No, it is not club soda, you know, because because club soda. Has, Dude, has he is not salt. a native English speaker. He is a Spanish. I'm also not from this country, and I I know how to any any names. It was Seltzer later on. You learned English natively. You learned I mean, that your lingu- potato potato. Your linguistic so. your linguistic environment for what? How old were you? Eight months. Well, when I came here. Yeah. Uh, seven weeks. Yeah. Seven. seven weeks. Oh, oh my god. Well, and then so, so then you you taught me something. So oh, Seltzer. So sel- yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm just like sitting here with my my head in my hands. I, this is one of the funniest things. I read a bit. So <laughs> seltzer apparently um, means salt in German, and yes. that and that's what he wants salt. you to use. But 
right. <laughs> seltzer doesn't have doesn't have salt. It, it should anymore. be called it should be called nine seltzer. If if salt <laughs> means means salt in German, uh, so like we want basically what he wants is is seltzer. That's what he ends up being. Agua con gas. <laughs> exactly. He wants bubbly Cold. water. It doesn't yeah. get, it doesn't yeah. matter. But it does. So, <laughs> so I, you know what? He, you know what? <laughs> and you don't you, like you don't want tonic because tonic has the the quinine. Quinine. <laughs> uh, club soda. No for you. Yeah, club soda does have salt, so you don't want, you don't want that. Uh, so you actually do want the seltzer. So you want the nine seltzer. Um, so I of oh. course bought I of course bought club soda because it had. At least it was half right because it's it's soda water was was what it was asked for and so club soda was close enough uh, and then of course I get home and I actually like open up the entire instruction and see that seltzer's mentioned specifically inside after I stood oh. in the fucking aisle for like five minutes trying to debate <laughs> which of these I should do and I knew I knew whatever I chose was going to be wrong had I purchased seltzer initially I would have come home I would have opened that recipe. And it would have said club soda on the inside. Oh like one hundred percent was gonna be wrong no matter what. Oh my god. It worked out. It worked out great. I loved it. <laughs> so. Um, okay, let's get to our fear rating. Oh man. Ooh, I, I got get, some giggles. Should, <laughs> should we go in the order that we uh, we talked about it? Yeah, go ahead. You go All first right. for the steak. So so I I'm gonna give kind of two ratings for, for the flavor because the flavor, I think, as written, as the recipe, you know, tells you to do it, uh, I, I think would probably be, unfortunately, like a maybe a one and a half or, or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you make just some of those small modifications, which literally could just be w- wiping off the rub, either after you've cooked it, which is basically what I ended up doing, um, or before you cook it. Um, and so after that, I, I, I think it was a, a four and a half. I mean, the, the steak was delicious, yeah. you know, once, once I just kind of wiped off <laughs> the main portion of the recipe, but, um, but it definitely, it did add some nice flavor to it. And, and I felt like it, it turned out, you know, really great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to abstain from, from my. F. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I would like to abstain. Yes. So ease. <laughs> um, yeah. so just for the steak, the, the ease is a five. I mean, it, it is. Combine a bunch of stuff that you have mm-hmm. pretty much on hand already. Um, you know, put on the steak, cook the steak. Um, yeah. Now, the other components of the recipe, the the right. coffee sauce, which doesn't ever actually become co- uh, sauce, it's just hot coffee. Um, mm-hmm. The passion fruit sauce and the spring onions that adds obviously a lot, lot more to the to the complications of of, of making it. So, so just for the steak. You know, it's it's a five ease, but in reality, the recipe as a whole is probably maybe a three, three point five. Mhm, I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So okay, the accessibility, so yeah, <laughs> that uh, that because of the passion fruit and um, just you know that that challenge kind of there, you know, loses some points. Again, if if you're just talking about the steak and nothing else. It, it's a five. I mean, it's again mm-hmm. ingredients you pretty much probably have on hand. Um, but if if you are talking about the you know the passion fruit sauce and um, and spring onions are also you know not every grocery store actually carries spring onions. You know, um, yeah. so I'll, I'll probably just say a, a four for accessibility uh, overall. 
approachability, approachability. right? Accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. You think I should um, know the name of so it? So I agree. I think that like for me, I it wasn't it was a four because I um because of the the coffee grinder that was the only thing I could think of that my people might not have, but it was it was four for me as well. But then repeatability. What do you think? Yeah. So I, I mentioned I've had better dry rubs. Uh, you know, I've I've had better sticks. I mean, it, it was it was good. Um, you know, the the kind of end modified result was was good. But uh, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily kind of gravitate towards this again. So um, I, I'd probably just put it as a as a three, just in the sense of you know, for a lot of people, if you do the modifications. This very well might be, you know, one of the better, you know, stakes, especially for a dry rub that you've had, you know, but if, if you've tried a bunch or if you found others that, you know, really kind of resonate with you, that's going to be, you know, just the comparison more than anything, I think is going to be what, what dictates your, your end uh, result here in terms of scoring. So, uh, so for me, a, a three in terms of repeat, uh, but I could see some people just saying, you know, five, it was, it was great. But let's, okay, let's talk about the things that we loved. So the, the mashed potatoes next. Yeah. So flavor, I mean, that's that's a five. It, it was five. Yeah, fantastic. Ease, I think, also a five. I mean, it it, it takes a little bit more <laughs> yeah. time because you're the garlic, but you know, again, ro- roast a bunch of heads of garlic and, and use them in all sorts mm-hmm. of different things. It's, I mean, it's just it's a passive thing and it's super super easy. Uh, so yeah, five right there. A approachability. <laughs> uh, I I think I think that's a four. I think the only. The only wow. challenge there is just manchego is not necessarily um, yeah. easily found for everybody. Um, yeah. So probably maybe four, four point five. Um, you know, it that's that's it. That's that, that's the only hurdle that you have here. But the best, the 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 closest is pecorino romano. Um, that would be a really easy sub for that. Um, or parmesan, anything that's hard and it's got that nice little nutty, cheesy, salty. Mm. But yes, try and get Manchego if you can. Yeah, I said five. I'm fi- I'm and then repeatability five. Like I'm gonna do this one hundred percent again. Um, yeah. I cannot wait to make these mashed potatoes again. I that's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was <laughs> it was fantastic, and um, it I talked about my the mashed potatoes that I make, and it it holds mm-hmm. up pretty well against them. And so I think it's just a matter if you want that cheesiness or if you want more of the garlic. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then for the sangria. So Go flavor, ahead. I thought was five. Um, it was delicious. We all seemed to really enjoy it. We all, I think, all took that initial sip and just, you know, our eyes kind of lit up and, and really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it ease. was surprising. We were all just like, "Ooh, yeah, like, Ooh what's look that?" At that. Yeah. <laughs> um, ease. <sighs> I mean, I know. it's tough to say. It's an it's a number of steps, and you're basically making three different things, but none of the things are really hard to make. Um, so I, I would say four overall mm-hmm. for ease you know it's not again it's, it's just kind of more you're going to use a lot of pots and measuring cups and, and stuff like that and oh jars God. and everything so um that's a little annoying but um but worth it so uh yeah. <laughs> now <sighs> this this, score. this is tough yeah this is tough i because, think so yeah i approachability i don't know how to well you you lose points for, <laughs> for juniper berries and you lose yeah. points for saying soda water instead of seltzer uh, because that <laughs> was very frustrating. So, um, I mean, I, I think overall the, the approachability is, is probably, a maybe a, a three. The other, the other challenge here is that you're, you're using an ounce of gin. And so buying gin for, you know, for this, 
solely for this is is kind of you know tough um mind you again yeah gin's gin's delicious i I encourage you to have it on hand anyway the the brandy Mm -hmm. stuff same thing like and you know and brandy uh, you know you shouldn't have on hand (laughs) like why was (laughs) who's drinking i'm not sure what year people are drinking brandy in but um so for like there's a lot of kind of random you know expensive ingredients here even you know even three might be too too high just because of all that but you don't you don't necessarily have to do it you can swap in rum like you did you know you can you can change something that you don't need juniper berries so so i'll stick with three but it's uh yeah that's that's the only challenge yeah it's three for me too so i said for flavor my flavor was four it was a little too sweet i don't i would i would actually eliminate the simple syrup from this from the sangria base or the Um, the, yeah the sugar because you have the sugar yeah, there's sugar in the in the sangria base, and then there's simple syrup as a separate thing. So I would eliminate the right. sugar in the in the base and just leverage the simple syrup for it, because you could always add a little bit more since you're making extra. Exactly. I guess I should like also caveat, like you said, like the ease was four for me, but then also because I liked having the rest of the of the sangria fl- like base to have for later, um, but the approachability was two three for me. Yeah. But for repeatability, since I have it all, I think I'm going to call it a four because I have all this stuff now. Um, I have the cloves. I have the juniper berries. I have the gin. I have the rum. Like I have. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. 4.5, four. I would say for me. Um, it's, I Great. mean, it, <laughs> in the summertime, like you should be making this, you know, every, every month or so because it's super fun if you have like a, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little, little gathering of of people uh, hopefully at some point <laughs> so uh it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's tasty we again we all took that initial sip and just our eyes kind of like lit up and you know we all had a smile on our face so it's great um did we get any feedback from from listeners i did get one email um um so yeah so for the listeners rem- remember you can always send your feedback to too many cooks pod at gmail.com t-w-o many cooks pod at gmail.com or our instagram and twitter at too many cooks pod um but we have somebody from lancaster pa who kind of who basically agreed with us with the steak and the mashed potatoes um the one thing that i thought was super funny um that they said was um the coffee grounds became too messy and fell off the steak and didn't really add anything it just made it messy I also had to scrub it off my grill forever, which made me super frustrated. <laughs> I'm curious if there's a way to grind the coffee even finer or if the rub overall was just too clumpy. Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, I think the, I think the, yeah, it, you know, hitting on all the points that we had. Um, the mashed potatoes were really good. I liked those a lot, but they ru- got ruined from the coffee grounds getting in them after falling off the steak. So that's probably our fault for having it be side by side, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, if we recommended you cooking these together when it Jose Andres didn't actually call for that. So yeah, yeah. Um, they might not actually like go, go. And then I liked the sangria. The base was really good. and would be great in cocktails. I'm glad I have leftovers so I can experiment with more drinks. I found juniper berries at Whole Foods, but I don't think it needs it if you can't find those. So yeah, pretty much on the same spot, page with us. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Um, great. Any other things about Jose Andres? No, I mean it was a little, little disappointing. I think that we didn't love, love, love everything, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, because we were we were kind of super excited and and you know I mean, we I do encourage you go to go to the website go to joseandres.com and just <laughs> just look through the recipes 
and so you, you'll find something that's is, is probably you know something that you've never maybe never had before and it looks super interesting and, and tasty to you um because that's what we did i mean we just looked around and we yeah. had we had a lot more than just three recipes that we kind of wanted to do i, I talked oh, about well, we'll do them yeah. yeah yeah i talked about some of the other stuff that i made and and um so you know i i feel like especially when we're you know having people make stuff you know i was a little sad that it, it wasn't just kind of like an instant hit but um yeah. but overall i mean it was it was a good meal and and you know that there, there's it's two definitely new new recipes that i will add to the repertoire because that the mashed potatoes especially probably going to get the the next round sometime yeah. soon Oh, I'm so excited to do that again. Yeah, I was also similarly disappointed and I and a little embarrassed, I think, was kind of the feeling I mm. felt where I was like, I felt bad recommending this for people because it is, I don't want to be like a total downer about it. But if you do these recommendations and maybe adapt it to your flavor profile or your family flavor profile and make sure you get a good piece of meat, um, I think it'll be exceptional. It's just kind of like, you know, kind of luck of the luck of the draw for me with yeah. the type of meat that I got. And Yeah, don't publicly insult your, your butcher. Uh, don't um, <laughs> yeah I mean, if, if you're our- bad-mouthing him and people in belgium are listening to it i mean I, I i don't blame the guy for giving you a bad piece of meat um okay so what are we doing next week or next episode uh so you <laughs> your birthday is uh, yes. a few days from from when we're recording this and my birthday was just a few days ago and so yeah. we wanted to do a little uh kind of birthday you know fun um episode and so what we're gonna do is you know we we talked about uh, Mofuku and when we did the Dave Chang episode, and so Milk Bar uh, is kind of you know the uh, the pairing there, and so uh, they are very very famous for uh, specifically I guess what used to be called crack pie or <laughs> right, yeah, um, and now it's just yeah. now it's just Milk Bar pie I think they call it, and so we'll yeah. be making uh, Milk Bar's Milk Bar pie as a little kind of like birthday celebration for ourselves and uh you know another sweet treat since we've done you know a few quite a few savory uh recipes and, and yeah. so on to another sweet one so i'm super excited um all like more random ingredient alerts so yeah. um we'll we'll be talking about that yeah um, but, but we Christina get to use some of that milk powder yes i was just gonna <laughs> say i was just gonna say powder. like what are the <laughs> One of the reasons why I picked this over one of the cakes that we were thinking of, one is because I'm, I'm like, well, it's, if it's a birthday episode, I don't really like cake. So um, I am more of a pie person. And so that'll be a fun conversation. But also it's I cool. saw like the third ingredient is milk powder. And I was like, like dang, we did it. We found it. So another yeah. tablespoon of that will be done. Exactly. From our, uh, almost from our there. But now we're going to add <laughs> almost... <laughs> yeah, corn powder, whatever the hell that corn is. Corn powder. So... We'll talk about that. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening and I cannot wait to hear from our audience members all around the world. Please reach out to us. I can't wait to hear just maybe if you've, if you made the food or if you want us to do any, any specific recipes, let us know. Um, yeah. Thanks Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Sweet. All right, friends. Well, eat well, be well, and don't forget to preheat your oven. my god <laughs> oh my god Dave it is like so thank you so much thank you for this <laughs> thank you for this I'm glad my, my um, suffering could <laughs> make you laugh so. <laughs> just my unnecessary and unreasonable anger at everything <laughs> so. he just means 
agua con gas. He just <laughs> means bubbly water. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs>